All I've Ever Known is How to Hold My Own, written by Literally Literary, read by Victoria Rose Black. Chapter 4. Veritas. The southern common room revealed itself at the sound of the password, and the cool air rushed over Pansy like a wave. She was helping the fifth-year prefix lead the newly sorted first years to their home for the next seven years. She let the fifth-year prefix take the lead, standing by only for support and to remind them of anything they might have forgotten. They did a perfect job of it, as expected of all Slytherins and Slytherin prefix. Their house didn't tolerate the incompetent for many reasons, not the least of which was because the stereotypes they face at all times. It was drilled into the head of every first year. The school expects you to be worthless, and trying too hard to prove them wrong only results in looking like a sycophant or a loser. Slytherins looked after their own, because no one else at Hogwarts was going to do it. After showing the first-year girls to their room, Pansy was free to enjoy the rest of her evening. But a glance around the common room made her grimace. It was full of young third- and fourth-years trying to look cool and adult. One enterprising boy had snuck a bottle of his parents' fire whiskey and was daring others to take swigs without coughing. No one was doing well, and she was faced with the terrifying thought that she could soon be the caretaker of a dozen drunken preteens. She shook her head and made a choice. She walked purposefully through the small crowd and snatched the entire bottle of whiskey right out of the boy's hand as he was mid-drink. He spat a mouthful all over his friends and shouted in protest. It's forbidden at Hogwarts. You're 14 years old, and this brand is common, cheap, and disgusting. Do better. She stalked back towards her room, leaving the children whining in protest. She threw a sneer over her shoulder and took a long drink out of the bottle while maintaining eye contact with the bottle's owner. She released the bottle's rim with a sultry pop of her lips, without coughing, then sneered as she closed the door to the six-year girl's dorm. Sighing, she took another swig of the cheap, terrible fire whiskey and leaned her head back against the door, surveying the room. Pansy's trunk was at the foot of her bed, the bed closest to the bathroom so she could get ready first in the morning and climb into bed last in the evening after her long and intensive potion regimen. The bed next to hers was Daphne's, but it seemed as if she wasn't in the room yet. Tracy's bed was next, and Millicent's was on the end nearest the door. Millicent's things were already put away neatly, while Tracy's trunk appeared to have exploded because all of her clothes were strewn everywhere, even on the bedposts of her bed and the two beds on either side. Tracy and Millicent were screaming at each other, but stopped when they saw Pansy. Hey, Pansy, please tell Tracy to move her shit off my bed before I start hexing her. I told you I'm looking for something, and I'll put it away when I find it. You won't, though, Tracy. Your space has been disgusting and messy like this for five years now. I'll be damned if we start our sixth year this way, too. We're sixteen, for fuck's sake. Oh, shut your mouth, Bolstrode, or I'll shut it for you. Oh, Merlin's dick enough already, Pansy moaned, taking another drink of the whiskey. You two make me sick. I can't believe I've been stuck listening to this exact same argument for over five years now. Just shut up and keep your shit on your own side of the room, Trace. And Millie, stop being a bitch. Drink some of this and help me finish it. Where'd you get it? Millicent asked, taking the bottle and grimacing at the taste, but immediately having another swig and passing it to Tracy, who took a long pull without hesitation. Nicked it from some fourth-year prick. Give it back. It's been confiscated, and I need to get rid of it. She laughed, and the others joined her. Pansy was feeling rather warm, and as she took her next drink, the door behind her opened and Daphne Greengrass walked in the room. Daphne's face lit up with a genuine smile as she caught sight of her roommates sharing a bottle. Oh, good whiskey. I'm gasping. She dragged out the long A in a perfect impression of her mother, and the girls fell into giggles again. Hey, Pansy, haven't seen you all day. Are you all right? The hair looks wonderful, very sleek. It suits you. 
Pansy's heart skipped a beat as the full force of Daphne's brilliant smile was concentrated on her. Thanks, Daphne. I appreciate it. Neither of these two twats have anything to say about my hair. I only did it last night. <laughs> you always look fine, Pansy. You don't need us to stroke your ego, Millicent said with a snort, reaching for the bottle and throwing herself on your bed. Kindly go fuck yourself, Millie. I don't need my ego stroked. But if you're so willing to go stroke something, why don't you hop on that seventh year I saw you and Tracy making eyes at getting off the train? A pillow flew past her head and Pansy laughed meaningly, dodging it and sneaking the bottle from Millicent and away to her own bed. Daphne and Tracy also moved to sit on their own beds, and to Tracy's credit, she removed all of her clothes from Daphne and Millicent's bed and shoved nearly everything sloppily back into her trunk. Pansy was now good and drunk, and the room was starting to blur around her. The warmth and numbness of the whiskey made her relax and forget about the summer, Draco, and his mother's pleas for a moment. Instead, she found Daphne's beautiful smile through the haze. Daphne was reaching her hand out, and for a moment, Pansy thought she meant to take her hand, but realized she was reaching for the whiskey bottle. Blushing, she handed the bottle over, then flopped dramatically onto her bed to hide her reaction. That was a dangerous line of thinking. Having a thing for your roommate is asking for trouble. Never mind that you'd make everyone else uncomfortable, but if it didn't work out, you'd be stuck sharing your room with her. Plus, Draco needs your help and attention right now. This is unacceptable, Pansy. Stop that right now. She shook her head and came back to the conversation, which had moved on to that seventh-year boy the other two had been fighting over before. Tracy had just confessed to snogging him on the train, and while Millicent was put out, learning that he was a terrible kisser had made her laugh, and soon all four of them were drunk and laughing into the night. They drifted off to sleep one by one. Millicent collapsed snoring around midnight, Tracy soon after that, and Daphne wasn't far behind. Pansy looked through her curtains to her sleeping roommates and smiled softly. She didn't always like them, but they were her family. She groaned as she got to her feet. Not even being drunk on the first night of school would stop her from her nightly routine. She stumbled to the bathroom with her bag and unpacked her potions one by one, lining them up in order on their designated part of the counter. Facial cleanser, facial moisturizer, acne prevention potion, body lotion, deep hair conditioner, overnight leave-in hair treatment, teeth cleaner, teeth whitener, general health potion, contraceptive potion, nail and hair growth and strengthening potion, handed cuticle oil, eye cream, night cream, cold cream, foot cream, freckle reducer, stretch mark healer, she could keep trying, and finally a cooling charm followed by her hair removal charm to her entire body below the neck and a silk scarf wrapped around her hair, cool, clean, and thoroughly moisturized. Pansy turned the lights off and snuck back into her own bed. Her stomach growled, but she put it out of her head. No sense dwelling on it. She wasn't going to eat until classes started the day after next. She had allowed herself to have dessert at the start of term feast, and she immediately regretted it, even though it had tasted divine. When she woke up in the middle of the night screaming from a horrible nightmare, she would partially blame the dessert. Chapter 5 Pansy, wake up! Pansy jolted awake and she sat up straight in bed, gasping and sweating, tears streaming down her face. She was disoriented until a wand lit up a few inches from her face and she winced in pain. It was still pitch dark in the room, and with the light in her face, she couldn't tell who was holding the wand or who had shaken her awake. Ugh, lower that wand, you dolt. I can't see anything. Sorry, of course. Daphne's face emerged from the blinding light, concern lining her brow. Pansy's heart started pounding again, and she wiped her eyes with the back of her hand. Daph, what happened? You were thrashing around in your sleep, and you woke me up with your moaning and screaming. You were having a nightmare, do you remember? She did remember. Flashes of horrible, green-tinged memories seared behind her eyelids. She hadn't slept well in weeks. 
saying those horrible things night after night. Scalded flesh, the smell of burning hair, that fiery brand being pressed to perfect pale skin, sweaty blonde hair falling to the eyes of a screaming boy whom she loved. I'm fine. Did I wake the others? No, just me. It's okay. Go back to sleep. Pansy looked over at her roommate, and even through the tears she could see tiny, perfect Daphne sitting on the edge of her bed, her delicate hands centimeters from hers, making Pansy's long, bony fingers look grotesque. Her golden blonde hair was pulled back into a large blue bow, and her nightdress was pure white. Pansy was wearing a black silk camisole and matching shorts, and sitting next to each other, she couldn't help but think that she and Daphne looked like an angel and a demon. She curled her arms around her knees and drew them to her chest. Suddenly, she was freezing. Thanks, Daph, I'll be okay. I've been having them for a few weeks now, but they only ever happen once per night. When I fall back asleep again, I won't have another. I'll try to remember to put a silencing charm on my curtains from now on. A few weeks, Pansy were screaming, leave him alone, take me instead. What happened this summer that would make you so horrified? Nothing, it's none of your fucking business, Pansy snapped, and then lay down and rolled over. Good night, Daphne. Daphne hesitated a moment, and Pansy thought she could sense her hand hovering over her back as if to pat her comfortingly. She genuinely didn't know whether she wanted that to happen or not, but before she could decide, Daphne sighed and got up from the edge of the bed. Good night, Pansy. Their curtains closed and she was gone, and Pansy let out a deep sigh and rolled onto her back. She shivered again and pulled the blanket tighter around her long, slim frame. She let her fingertips drag across her collarbone, ribcage, and hip bones, feeling them stick out through her pale skin. She lingered on the little bit of fat still hanging around her navel and grimaced, pinching it hard. She flexed every muscle in her body one at a time to relax her enough to fall back asleep. But even though she was back in Hogwarts and she and Draco were perfectly safe, her racing mind wouldn't let her relax, hadn't let her relax, in weeks. She drew the curtains back silently and looked around. All the beds in the room had their curtains drawn tight and she could hear snores coming from Millicent's bed. Taking care not to wake anyone, Pansy tiptoed to the door of the common room and popped her head out, surveying the area for anyone who might bother her. The giant clock over the fireplace told her it was nearly three in the morning, and the massive glass wall that looked into the lake was pitch black and still as death. She had a few hours to go until the Slytherins woke up, so she curled in a blanket in front of the fire and just watched the flames from her favorite armchair until she drifted off. No more nightmares disturbed her. But about four hours later, the first sounds of a waking dorm did disturb her, so she decided that four hours was as much sleep as she was going to get that night. She padded in her bare feet back across the common room, past the now dark green lake wall that was slowly getting brighter every minute, and into her room where her roommates all still seemed to be asleep. But as she sat down on her bed and reached for some clothes to wear, Daphne's head popped out of her curtains. Her hair was now a mess and her eyes were blurry with sleep and a clear hangover. Hey, Pansy, I'm sorry I pried into your business last night. You're right, that was too far. You don't have to share if you don't want to. I just want to make sure you're okay. You're basically my best friend. Pansy's heart sank, but she didn't really understand why. It's fine, Daph, thanks. Daphne smiled, and they were both distracted by a long groan from the bed on Daphne's other side. Tracy fought her curtains for a minute, swearing and cursing, before freeing herself into the room. Mother of Merlin, my head hurts like a son of a bitch. That cheap shit kills, Pans. Well, maybe if you weren't such a baby, Tracy, you'd be fine this morning. Fuck off. Oh, for the love of Salazar, will you all shut the ever-loving fuck up? Millicent's voice rang from behind her curtains, which made Daphne laugh. 
Her laugh was high and clear and sounded like a bell. Pansy laughed too, but then winced as her headache came back in full force. We should see Madame Pomfrey for some headache potion. Good call, Pansy. Let's get dressed. Of course, with Pansy, just getting dressed was not an easy or quick process. She insisted over the moans and cries of her roommates that she be allowed to do her morning ritual. Cream after cream, potion after potion, and slowly she felt like she was becoming a human again. The horrors of the night seemed further away. It was a Sunday, so they were out of uniform and the halls were nearly empty. They made their way up to the hospital wing together and claimed female problems to get the potion, and when their headaches were cured, they went to the great hall for breakfast. The girls sat down at the Slytherin table in their usual spot and weren't surprised when none of the boys joined them. Daphne picked at a plate of fruit, Tracy was drinking the largest mug of coffee that Pansy had ever seen, and Millicent was devouring a mountain of bacon and eggs. Pansy sat still with an empty plate in front of her, staring into space and trying to ignore her stomach. She knew from years of experience that if she ignored it long enough, the rumbling, achy feeling would go away. The sight of all the food on Millicent's plate was making her feel ill. Hey, Pans, you should eat something. I'm fine, Daff. Honestly, if I ate anything right now, I'd be sick. Whiskey, you know. Sure, yes, of course. Let's blame the whiskey last night for the last three or four years you've spent not eating. Honestly, Pansy, we're not stupid. Pansy went cold and her customary sneer was back in place. I guess some of us have a care on whether or not we look like pigs, Davis. Tracy glared at Pansy, who stood up in anger. Honestly, you lot, if you cared more about your own fat arses instead of mine, you'd be more tolerable to spend time with. As it is, I'm off to enjoy the end of summer outside, and I don't want your nasty faces ruining my day. She stormed out, and as she threw open the door to the entrance hall, she ran face first into Draco, who looked like he had as rough a night as she had. They looked at each other up and down, and then Pansy resumed her dramatic exit. She knew he'd find her later. She stalked through the entrance hall and out the front doors, blinking in the morning sunlight. She took a deep breath and inhaled the fresh, cool air. The Hogwarts grounds were beautiful. The grass glittered with the morning dew, and the lake was as still as glass. Pansy walked quickly for the lake and decided that what she needed was some time alone and a little exercise. She started to walk around the lake, taking care to keep her shoes out of the worst of the mud. Around the far end of the lake, there was a craggy bit of rock that was mostly used as a romantic lookout for sixth and seventh years. She herself had come up here with Draco once or twice, though nothing serious had happened, not in such a public place. That wasn't her style, and she wasn't interested in doing anything of that nature at only fifteen. So early in the morning on a Sunday meant that the entire rock formation was empty of people. Pansy climbed the rock and sat with her arms around her knees, staring out over the lake and forest. She knew why she was upset why she had stormed out in anger and let Tracy's words get to her. Tracy was right. Pansy hadn't really eaten regularly for years, but it wasn't three or four like Tracy accused her of. Pansy had been avoiding food since the summer before she came to Hogwarts, when she was only ten, almost eleven, the first time her mother had mentioned her weight. It had been so innocuous compared to all the other stuff Pansy heard now that she was sixteen, but it was only one small comment during her robe fitting that stuck with her. She's going to need the next size up. She's gaining so much weight. What really bothered Pansy wasn't that Tracy was accusing her of having a problem. It's that she was right. Pansy lost track of time and had no idea how long she'd been sitting up there when she heard her name being called, echoing quietly in the trees behind her. She squinted against the sun and saw someone walking towards her who she never expected to come looking for her. 
Zabini, what are you doing here? Aren't you too busy sucking Slughorn's dick to go look for some sad bird on a rock? Parkinson, I heard you through a rather public and dramatic tantrum in the Great Hall this morning. I think that's a new record. Pansy flashed him a rude gesture and he laughed, climbing onto the rock with her. They sat in silence for a moment, and Blaze spoke again. You all right? No, but I can't have you lot knowing that. I know. Will you be okay? Eventually. Another long silence, then Pansy asked. How are you? Not great, Pans, but I can't have you lot knowing that. Tears appeared in Pansy's eyes even as she laughed again. She laid her head on Blaze's shoulder, and they looked out over the lake together. They hadn't always been close, but they did grow up together. Most of the pureblood kids did. And Slytherins always stuck together. That was their armor. They could be not all right together. So what do we do? We make it through the school year, one day at a time. We'll get their pants.